Well, Kurt, we want to welcome Jason Hubbard with us here this morning. Jason has been our chaplain for many years. And uh, Jason, how long have you been uh, familiar with the Haven Arrest Ministries? Uh, it's hard to believe, but this summer will actually be 18 years uh, that I've been around Haven of Rest. Uh, for many who don't know or are not familiar with my story, uh, I come to Haven of Rest at the end of July of 2001 uh, with a severe cocaine and alcohol addiction. Uh, I come here as a client receiving services, uh, and I was here for, I would say, about a week and a half or two weeks, uh, and I'm so thankful that uh, the staff here was so willing to share the gospel with me and what I thought was what I needed was not what they thought that I needed. And I'm so thankful that uh, the Lord in his good grace allowed a, a man to come in and to preach a gospel message and I come mm-hmm. to receive Christ here uh, in early August of, of 2001. Wow, that's great. Well, that's very interesting. Your title uh, 18 years later is chaplain? Is that what it is? It is. Okay. And were you, what, what, I know you served for a little bit as an was it an assistant? I, I actually forget the title. Yes, I was the assistant chaplain for a few years. Okay, and who was your mentor then or boss at the? It was uh, Gary Meeks was the chaplain at that point. Okay, some people that are listening know that name Gary mm-hmm. Meeks, uh, and he's been retired for well over three years now, I think. So mm-hmm. that time has gone fast. So um, I know Gary had was influential while you were on the program as well. I don't know how many people have their mentor or a very influential person end up being their boss. I don't know how many have that. Maybe it's more than I realize. But in that case, in this case, you did have that scenario, though. Yeah, it was, it was actually much more than that, though. I mean, uh, while I was on the program here, Gary helped me deal with the heart-level issues that were going on within me. I'm, I was a man who was consumed with guilt and shame and anxiety because of all of the things that I had done. And that's really one of the great things that, that Gary taught me was how to lovingly engage at the heart level with the men who come in here because we're, we're not your traditional drug and alcohol rehab center if you would we very much want to frame everything from a biblical worldview and we want to see that the scriptures speak to the very issues that bring us here uh, and so i spent a total of almost 18 months on the residential program here uh, and then i had the opportunity to actually go to bible college for uh, four and a half years at emmaus bible college in dubuque iowa well, you know, Jason, I'll never forget that day uh, because it was a special day. You were moving out, and who is the one that drove you to Emmaus? Yeah, Kurt and Eileen Thomas actually drove me from here. Uh, I've heard of to, them. To Dubuque, Iowa. Somewhat familiar with them, <laughs> yes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> they actually settled me into my dorm room and everything. I can't tell you the, the impact that even that, that had on me. I'm so thankful for uh, for them and for the relationship that I've had with them over the years as well. Now that experience, uh, w- w- was that hard to, um, well, you, cause I was going to say, was it hard to, g- to go to school? And the reason I'm asking this because I, I've heard in your testimony before that, um, in your family history, nobody, uh, was educated, no. uh, past a certain level or no, something. No, not even, not even to graduate high school. You know, I mean, okay. I was the first to graduate high school and certainly the first to go to school and to, to graduate from college as well. That, did that seem like, did you seem like a, a square peg and a round hole kind of thing or at first, or, or did you know that God's hand was on you for well, that? I knew that God's hand was on me, uh, but it still didn't, 
my first year or so at Emmaus was a struggle for me because here I was at you know 26, 27 years old uh, in school with a bunch of 18, 19 year olds. So here I was coming from a background of severe addiction, having been to prison a couple of times, coming right from a homeless shelter to settle into a Bible college. And so it took me a while to even to adjust to the relationships that I was building at the school. Mm-hmm. Um, but God has always been faithful in that he has always brought men into my life to mentor me during different seasons. Mm. And so that's that's one of the reasons that myself and Jesse and Jim feel so strongly about mentorship is that the God has always placed godly men mm-hmm. in our lives to help us walk through seasons. Like mm-hmm. even now, my, one of our associate pastors at my church is my mentor. I meet with him every other every other week. Um, but while I was at Emmaus as a student, God brought some men into my life who helped me to really see my identity in Christ and, and how uh, I found strength in that. This was at school? This was yeah. while I was at Emmaus. Okay. Yeah, specifically, he brought some men uh, like John Glock and, and, and Ben Matthew mm-hmm. uh, into my life, and certainly Steve Witter would, would be one of those men as well. And along throughout the years, I mean, they really helped me develop a not so much a confidence in myself, but a confidence in what the Lord could do through me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and while we're on, before you ask a question, just a name trip, something in my mind was one of those men that you just named. Uh, did did one of them lose her life in a in an accident? No, the... that was my friend Donnie Patton. Okay, yeah, he was okay. he was one of the professors at, at Emmaus as well, and him and I really got to uh, build a friendship around baseball and the uh, Chicago Cubs and St. Louis Cardinals, and so we would go to either Chicago or St. Louis and uh, watch games. Hmm. Well, Jason, it may have seemed to be a good experience for you after you got behind that one year. There's a lot of things that happened after you graduated from Emmaus. You did very well with your grades. Why don't you talk a little bit about after graduation and where did the Lord move you and what was he doing in your life? Yeah, probably the biggest thing that, that he was doing for me was right after graduation, I got married. Uh, <laughs> that, would <laughs> that, was, the, that would rise right up there at the top, yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah. Certainly. You know, that, that's one of the things I tell people. 2007 was uh, by far the greatest year of my life. I mean, in May of 2007, I graduated from college. In June of 2007, my wife Angie and I were married. Uh, in July of 2007, I was offered the position to return back here. Yeah. Uh, I come back here on started back to work here full time on November 1st of 2007. And in December 2007, we found out we were expecting our first child, mm-hmm. who's actually named after the Thomas family from here at Haven of Rest. Oh, we Very joked uh, in our pre-broadcast meeting that we would pause now and you know reflect on that, but that's we're, that's just a joke. I mean, we're we're going to move on. Well, that. in actuality, though, I mean that is from the relationships that the Lord has seen fit yeah. to develop here, because even yeah. my relationship with Gary Meeks and his wife Lola—that's Grandpa Gary and Grandma Lola. My mm-hmm. my youngest daughter is named after Gary Meeks' wife Lola, and just the impact that they've had in my life and uh-huh. my kids' life. Uh, and just what all they walked through with us. Absolutely. And um, um, I think it's easy to offer grace to you, Jason, uh, here uh, because, you know, you remain, I think, a Cubs and a Cardinals fan, and they're in the the other league than the Indians are. And so we, <laughs> it, it, we, we can coexist. But we, we're talking about uh, you um, uh, meeting and, and then mar- getting married in 2007. I know some listeners know some of the events that have transpired uh, since that time. Would you care to share a little bit with us about that? Yeah, so shortly after my son Brady was born, uh, probably in in September 2009, 
Angie was diagnosed with her first cancer. It was squamous cell carcinoma of the tongue. And we went through all of the treatments and everything for that. Uh, and it was really kind of, kind of interesting in that uh, one of the doctors had shared with us that uh, we might not be able to have more children as a result of the chemo and, and things. And then here it was just a couple of years later on December the 23rd that the Lord saw fit for us to have our daughter, Lindy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we went on to have another daughter, Lola. Uh, and so Lola is almost, she'll be four on July the 1st. So this 2015 is when she was born. Yes. Uh, shortly after Lola was born, uh, just a matter of weeks, um, my wife was starting to have some issues, and we went to the doctor, and we found out that she had stage 3 triple negative breast cancer. And so we went through the treatments for that, and uh, by January of 2016, she was experiencing a lot of pain in a number of other areas that they thought were the residual effects of um, the chemotherapy and things mm-hmm. from, from before. Uh, then in June, in June of 2016, um, we went back into the hospital again, and they discovered that she had nasal pharyngeal cancer. They told us that we probably had about six months left with her, and uh, unfortunately, she passed away on August 10th, 2016, and uh I know that many who are listening to this were faithful in supporting my family during that time. I know that many of you have continued to pray for us uh, since then. And so I want to just say thank you to everyone who supported us, whether it was through prayer, words of encouragement, financially. Uh, I know that that part of the, the joy of being a part of God's family is seeing how God's family responds in situations like this. And I just uh, I can't say enough thank yous to everyone. Well, you know, Jason, uh, yeah, that was a very, very difficult time. Uh, You know, Kurt, we've talked about this, and Jason, we talk about it even now when people are going through hard times and don't know the Lord and they don't have mentors, they don't have family. How do they do it? You you know what I mean? Yeah, I I, I don't know. I'll I'll be honest with you. I, I don't know what I would have done without my brothers and sisters in Christ who both loved me and loved Ange and was right there walking through all of that with us. You know, one of the things that I shared uh, at Angie's funeral is, is, you know, when we're right in the middle of all of that pain, when we cannot see the hand of God, we must trust the heart of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even while I was in Bible college, unfortunately, a, a friend of mine lost his, his daughter to uh, brain cancer. Um, and her grandfather shared during the chapel service something that stuck with me. It's, it is the things we learn in the light that get us through the dark Mm. and and that certainly was a very dark season of life uh for us well two things i i remember about that season in particular i i'm not a facebook facebook person or or twitter Mm -hmm. but i do remember occasionally i would i think you call it lurk and uh would go to a site you see and i remember your your wife um had a had a shirt on said not today satan i remember uh that and I know that was her. Um, I mean, she was she was a battler. She was a, a warrior. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, I uh, remember that you were man enough uh, to when you got the news about. I want to say it was sometime in July that you got the news. There was nothing else that they were going to be able to do, and you came down 
and shared it with our mm-hmm. staff um, and uh, allowed us a chance to to pray with you and mm-hmm. be a part of that. And uh, so, yeah, those were those were difficult days. And and uh, thank you for giving us an opportunity uh, to pray for your family and to to minister because your deal was our deal. That's for sure. Yep. And uh, so, thank you. I don't. Think I have any more to ask you about that time period, but unless you have something, else well, if you're just too, tuning so. in, uh, yes, we're talking to Jason Hubbard. He's our chaplain, our day chaplain. Yeah, uh, Jason's been working with us for uh, at least eleven years, hired in eleven years, but he's been familiar with the mission for eighteen years because Jason has went through the program. Uh, and the Lord just has moved mightily in his life. He went to college. He was just sharing a little bit about uh, uh, um, his marriage uh, to Angela and uh, what happened in that time frame. So we're speaking with Jason Hubbard right now. And, Jason, as we move forward here, uh, what's going on right now in your life? Yeah, in, in fact, you know, whenever you walk through a traumatic event like that, sometimes you, you wonder, will the darkness ever lift? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, the, and the darkness does lift. You know, one of the things that I tell people all the time is the worst conversations that you have to have is with your spouse who knows that uh, they don't have much time left and trying to fulfill their wishes and what they would like done. Uh, and, and, Unfortunately, Lola was only 13 months old when my wife passed away, you know, and, and Ange was adamant that I remarry sooner rather than later for the sake of the children. Uh, and so God saw fit in his providence to bring uh, a woman named Tara into my life. Uh, and, and Tara and I had an immediate connection because she had walked through very similar situations as I had. Unfortunately, Tara lost her husband, Tom. Uh, to brain cancer. And so Tara also had three children and had been through a deep, severe trauma. Uh, But there was also an instantaneous connection between the two of us. I mean, she was very beautiful and outgoing and funny and all of those things. And more importantly, she was a godly woman who desired to walk with the Lord. And so now God has seen fit for the two of us to be married and in the process to raise six children. <laughs> so I will have a teenager in my house for the next 16 years. Somehow God has a sense of humor. Yes. Because I remember, I don't know what the event was here, but I, I, I was, I don't know if we had a kids come through on a tour, a, a class of kids or something. I was remarking that I needed some help with, I don't know. I, do you remember this conversation at all? But, but he said, no, I don't do kids or, <laughs> or something like that. You, you had no interest. <laughs> I don't think it was your felt like it was your strength or what you really liked. And now you got six of them. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I have boys 13, 13, 11. Ten and girls six and a girl will be four this summer. Yes. You know, so uh, the Lord has a great sense of humor. You just launched. He just launched you right into adolescence. He did. <laughs> he, he did. It's, it's that, been a, it's been a great experience. Yes, that easy time of yes. life where you take it easy. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, the good the good thing is one of the things that I share with people about blending a family uh, like ours is while we're not unique, we're certainly very rare um, because. In a lot of blended families, you have an external spouse still out here. Oh, yes. And kids are vying for affection and loyalty and all of those things. And in our case, we don't necessarily have that, you know. And so in our case, we are there for our kids completely. And and it gives us an opportunity to just 
try to love them as well as we can and to help walk them through their grief and loss as well. Good point. Mm -hmm. Good point. Well, you know, Jason, a lot has happened uh, here. Uh, as we wrap up here, one last question is, how can our listening audience pray for you? Yeah, I would certainly just ask that you continue to pray for my family, uh, specifically the, the blending of our family. While it's gone great uh, so far, we just pray that we would continue to uh, learn how to shepherd each of these kids' hearts. Because each of these, not only are my wife and I still uh, processing and dealing with the grief, but so are all of our children, mm -hmm. all six of them. Mm -hmm. And so we would pray that uh, the Lord would just give us wisdom how to best uh, love and lead each one of them. Uh, and even here at the ministry, I would just pray that the Lord would just continue to um, lead and point Jesse and I in the right direction as we try to make this as robust and great as a program as we can possibly be, possibly be to help men. Jason, thanks for coming in today. I've enjoyed asking your questions and listening to your answers. <laughs> thanks for having me.